0: Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Booty. Our goal is simple share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks just like you. Ah, uh, achievement unlocked. So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm. Ah, <laughs> yeah! And welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is my illustrious brother, Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, as we begin episode 38 on the September 16th, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at joygasmTV and Facebook.com joygasm tv in addition to itunes and android you can also listen to us on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash joygasm tv or search joygasm tv on youtube or twitch and no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show please drop us a subscription thumbs up or a review it helps us build awareness which we appreciate very much We are going to think different on today's show by skipping the video game and movie news altogether and instead get right down to the topic of the day, which is Apple Conference Reactions. But before we actually open up that big bottle of wax... How you doing, Steve? Less waxy than I was last week,
1: Russ. My voice may sound stuffy, but...
0: My emotions are stoked. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I, I see that we both have quite the Barry White kind of. <laughs> of hey, hey <clears throat> baby, drive the ladies crazy. Hey.
1: Make all them is weak in the knees.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. No, Ruin uh, the mood, Russ. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> As you can say, see or hear, we are still uh, coming out from the cold that... Uh, plagued us last week but it's all good it's all good i think that today is the first day where we are starting to have some semblance of our energy return hold on a sec (coughs) nice and uh (laughs) the show must go on that's right that's how much we love you guys and gals out there (laughs) the show must go on hopefully by the next episode we will be back in full form i guess you could say Hmm. But anyway, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Well, Russ, uh, I'm almost at level
1: 100 in uh, Bit Heroes. Oh, man. So I'm getting pretty strong. Not nearly as strong as some of the people that keep wandering around uh, my little campus, uh, little town area. <laughs> A little bonfire. A little bonfire, yeah. I, <laughs> as soon as I think I'm getting big and buff, there's somebody else out there
0: who can just stomp me.
1: Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, more uh. (laughs) Forza.
0: So even though you've beat it, he still keeps playing.
1: Uh, There's still more to do, right? Uh There's Uh still more cars to acquire, cars to customize.
0: I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. Ah. I am very happy for you personally, Mm -hmm. Steve, just because I know that you were starting to lose faith in the racing genre. And this one title has single-handedly brought you back into its loving embrace. Indeed.
1: Uh, other than that, uh, I've started touch back into a uh, little Uber Watch. So, uh, one of the loot boxes I opened, I got a, a yellow stream, <laughs> and then it came down. And went, what is, it, what, is it, what is it? And it was credit. I was like, Oh, that was going to be like a skin or something. Mm-hmm. But credit's always
0: good. It was like five hundred credits, so I'll take it. got mm-hmm. you, Russ? I've been playing actually quite a bit. I was sick. This past week. So I stayed home from work. I uh, I worked from home uh, and then uh, was just immediately on the couch just playing games. And so got into Halo Wars 2, which actually I have currently on the screen over there.
1: Yeah, I see the uh, screen's about to die thinking that uh, the Xbox is gone. No one's here. No one's playing. I'm going to save energy. No one's paying attention to me. <laughs>
0: But yeah, um, I've totally forgot that I had bought the game Mm -hmm. and I was just kind of going through and you know, when you're sick, you get kind of picky as to what game you want to play. Sometimes uh, certain titles are a bit too intense Mm -hmm. for you and you just don't have that like focus. I don't don't have the energy to rage like I want to. (laughs) I'm just like, I need something. I can just sit here and let the snot flow where it may. And um, Halo Wars was it. So I was able to get in there and uh, been enjoying it. It's been it's been fun so far. I concur with that statement.
1: Yeah. which is why I played what I played, but I also binged watched the entire season of... uh, Not the entire third season of Narcos. Ah, yes. So I did finish that up. That's excellent.
0: Uh, So how does it stack up to the other two seasons? Uh,
1: It doesn't have quite the charisma that the past two seasons do, but it's more, like, intense, I guess. Um, So it's definitely... Worth your while.
0: Yeah, I definitely need to check that out.
1: You know, you're hogging the tissues on your side.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Got it. There you go. All right. Get some of those mucus maintainers. Box is feeling a little empty there, Russ. Yeah, I know. We actually went grocery shopping just yesterday and uh, bought like a, <laughs> a dozen more Kleenex boxes. <laughs> I swear. I It's like, you know, I think about Kimberly Clark's stock and I just think about how like, you know, they must go, especially during like the winter season when like you have a lot more just viruses floating around and whatnot, they must go through a ton of Kleenex. And I just, one of these days, I'm going to remember to do that and just maybe put it into the old Blue chip stock account there. You know, uh, if we run out during the
1: show, I'm going to have to reach for the uh, last week's used tissue pile see if I can find a dry (laughs) spot to blow my nose. (laughs) Oh, oh, I found one.
0: (sighs) No, no, that one's juicy. No, put that one down. So other than Halo Wars 2, um, I've been playing more Destiny 2. A little dusty, and it's been getting more enjoyable. I gotta say, I've been lone wolfing mm-hmm. it and made it to some new planets, some new moons. Uh, so that was cool. The I want I gotta say, once again, the environments are just really gorgeous. They've done a fantastic job in realizing these kind of more alien vistas. Um, the exposition is starting to get. Doled out a bit more, so I have a better understanding of what's going on. So overall, I would say my my fun factor level has been raising the more I play it, the more I get into it. It's one of those games where I think it just rewards you the more that you you play and and whatnot. And so I'm thinking about possibly jumping back in tonight with some big baby moose um, and seeing how we can do. But. Um, overall, it's it's a good game. I gotta say, it's 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 a lot of fun. Other than that, uh, I've been playing a, a little smidge—not a lot of time, but a little smidge of Overwatch—and been actually really enjoying playing with you on Team Deathmatch. I'm really happy. I'm a very happy man. I'm very very delighted that both deathmatch and team deathmatch are now part of the joygasm, joygasm. Well, it is part of the joygasm family. Yeah, I'm sorry, so I talk about it every week. I meant to say Overwatch family. <laughs> Overwatch, joygasm, you know, they cut like go together in pairs. Um, like peas and carrots. But uh, yeah, I've been just really enjoying that. I would love to be able to see Capture the Flag come back and replace one of the other game modes that just are kind of more random in my opinion. I would love to have I think probably it would be like deathmatch, team deathmatch, capture the flag and like mayhem mm. would be like the ones I'd go for with of course, you know, the typical quick plays of um, point A to point B territories, that sort of thing. Yeah. My voice just sounds awesome right now. I was about to say Rush. Oh, you sound oh. sexy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, Bungie, you need somebody to... Actually, not even Bungie anymore. It's 343. 343, you need somebody to play Master Chief. Cortana. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, I've been playing more Injustice 2, uh, just having fun with all the different characters. That, once again, one of my favorite games of the year is Injustice 2. It's fantastic. Since I beat Horizon Zero Dawn, I have now flipped into uh playing more of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. So still going through that. That is also just a, just a gorgeous game. Um So, yeah, I've been bouncing around. Oh, Mario Kart Ooh. as well. I've been playing some more. Mario. There are a ton of tracks in that game, by the I know, way. I there is. Right? I was pretty surprised. I was thinking, ah, they'll probably have like eight tracks. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They have... Quite a few in there. And it's cool because they've brought all the different like Nintendo IPs into the fold. So like each track has its own theme. Like there's like a Zelda track or like F-Zero. My question for
1: you though, Rush, is um, now that you've conquered Horizon Zero Dawn, Mm -hmm. that means you have one less bow and arrow game. That's true. So if
0: you start to play Zelda, Mm -hmm. that means your bow and arrow games are going to be twofold again. Well, that's why I'm purposely not cracking that title open until <laughs> after I've beaten Rise of the Tomb Raider. So that way I get that bow and arrow game put to bed mm. and then I can just solely focus. Because everybody I've talked to says that Zelda is seriously one of the best games ever. So I want to make sure I give it my due attention. Maybe you should just go ahead and just, and um, beat Tomb Raider. Just get it all over with. It's tough. You know, I was actually thinking the other day as I was going through my games and apps... Um, section of, of, of Xbox. We really are in this golden age of gaming. Mm, you've said that, Russ. I know. And, I, and I, I just, I keep finding myself just pondering about the fact that like we are finally at an age where there are so many games that are available and so many good quality games that are out there that it's becoming increasingly difficult to be able to find the time to be able to play through and finish each one of these titles. And I remember when we were younger, I mean, w- there may be mm-hmm. like one, two or three titles yeah. per year that you'd look forward to and that was it and you just play the crap out of them.
1: You probably want to live in Alaska where the sun doesn't, you know,
0: what's that season? <laughs> I think it's like, what, what is
1: it? Whenever it's summertime, I don't even know. Well, when the summer st- summertime. The sun stays up like it's midnight, you know? And yeah. so you can feel less guilty about staying up late playing games because like, look, the sun's still out. I mean, yeah. it's not time to go to bed yet. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is more hours in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it, but I'm grinding through it. I mean like it's one of those things too where like as a kid you just you didn't have very much responsibility. You'd go to school and you come home and you play games. Yeah. And now it's like I'm an adult. I have a family. I have well, a kid. You, you had to do homework. Got to jump. Well, they yeah, have homework. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. Um, water chestnut. <laughs> In addition to the gaming, though, I've also been making strides on our website, and the new goal I'm making for myself is to try and have every, everything good to go and have the site possibly get launched by next weekend. Ooh. If, if it's not, can I slap you? Uh, no. Russ!
1: <laughs> I love you! But every weekend,
0: done, I'm going to slap you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's coming along. I actually gave the wife... A little bit of the old sneak peek. She has not seen it at all. I showed it to her for the first time last night, and she was impressed. Nice. She was like, oh, this looks like you hired some firm, and it cost you a lot of money. I'm like, well, well that's-, that's the idea, baby. <laughs> no, you can't go, baby. You have to go, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the idea, baby.
0: Um, before we get started into the topic of the day, um, I would like to give a couple of shout-outs. Ooh, start shouting. And I'm going to do my best to pronounce this name correctly, but um, lately we've been getting um, some activity on our Joygasm YouTube page, and the first shout-out goes to Alartal Stari, which is spelled A-L-A-T-A-R-L-S-T-A-R-I. So if I butcher the name, I apologize. It's a little bit... uh. Little, little unique there. But um, just want to give a shout-out to that guy for providing the timestamp on our previous episode posted on YouTube for the Witcher 10th anniversary segment, um, which was really cool. Like, it's honestly something that, that we've never really thought to do in terms of our descriptions, because normally I would just put, like, kind of a synopsis within the YouTube description and then also some uh, details as to how to connect with us and where you can find all of the joygasm goodness and stuff. But I never really thought, oh maybe we should put some timestamps within the description field. So this gentleman actually went through to through the comment section and provided the exact timestamp of when in that particular episode, we began to talk about the Witcher 10 uh, 10th anniversary. So um, thank you, good sir, for doing that. And um, likewise, another shout out to Vincent LaRusso, who also provided a timestamp in the comment section for our segment on the SNES classic in Joygasm episode 35. So... That means a lot to us just because it just shows that, that there are folks who really want to be able to help out and be able to, to provide certain areas of interest. You know, it makes total sense to me as I um, was looking at their comments about just how certain folks may only want to listen to a certain topic or a certain segment of the show, and that's perfectly fine. So definitely appreciate you guys kind of stepping up to the plate for that and and facilitating that to make it happen. And we'll probably, you know, moving forward, I'll try to remember to actually create some timestamps in the description fields too, just for folks' uh, convenience. So in terms of thinking different, we're not going to play the topic of the day music. We're just going to go, we're just going to jump right in. Jump right in, Russ. So the Apple conference took place this past Tuesday, September 12th. And there was quite a bit to go over, comb through that sort of thing. So what I'd like to do for the show is I'd like to start off with, um, what our overall impressions are of the show, um, go into, um, talking about the different segments of the conference. So just talking about the intro, then going into the Apple watch followed by the Apple TV, 4k, then the iPhone eight, and then to end up with the iPhone 10. So, um, I guess just to kick things off for you, Steve, uh, just at a high level, what was your overall impression of the show? Uh, a little bit lackluster, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of the uh, a lot of the details about this stuff have been uh, already leaked out, and Apple already knows they got a problem. They're they're uh, they're trying to source some uh, some investigators to see how all these uh, all this stuff is leaking because. Uh, when he said, okay, you know, here's this feature and now we're going to do this. I mean, you could hear it in the audience, like a clap and you're like, okay, yeah, cool. You brought it out. All right. You know, but it, nobody was really surprised. They were just happy and, and a little bit excited. Uh-huh. Um, and you can feel it. And and it's, it's something I'm really into. I mean, I was in the biz for about three and a half years. So I, I, I do enjoy it. I love the conference. And I think they, overall, each conference, they do make it a spectacle and it's nice. Um, <clears throat> but... Overall, it was just kind of, eh, it wasn't, it didn't feel that special uh-huh. because of all the information was already there. It's like knowing what you're going to get from Christmas uh-huh. and then you unwrap it and you're stoked that you you know, you know finally get to play with whatever you have. But uh, if you already know what it is, you know the surprise is kind of gone. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I did like how they opened up with Steve Jobs in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool.
0: I agree with you. I think overall they had some nice upgrades, updates, that sort of thing. But kind of to your point, there wasn't like this overall like drop the mic moment where you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Having said that though, I think that we as consumers have gotten a bit spoiled Mm -hmm. and I don't want to go down too far along this path, but why not? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think that in today's world, we have, technology serving us in such a way that enriches our lives and doing a lot of things just behind the scenes that we don't necessarily understand or comprehend or even um, know exists, but it's there. And so I think as a result, there are more and more challenges that will arise for companies such as Apple, Um, not limited to, to Apple, mind you, but just the fact that I think that, that people have, have become accustomed to um, just this, this way of, of wanting to be wowed every year that it comes around. And, you know, when I look at a phone, like, like the iPhone, for example, just as it is, I mean, I have the iPhone 6 Plus. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, a couple of cycles behind. But looking at it, I mean, it just, it, I, I ask myself, just what else can this thing, what else would I want it to do? And there are certain ideas and, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I would say overall the, the conference was good, but not great. Yeah. Which announcement are you most excited about, Steve? Uh,
1: definitely the iPhone, uh, X, (laughs) the X,
0: the letter X is getting some love and attention this year, isn't
1: it? Yeah. No, it's the year of the X. I think they should have just left it with calling it X instead of 10 because it just, it's a Roman numeral X and X sounds cool, but then you call it 10 and not X. So like, I mean, you can classically make an example of Xbox One ten Well, no, it's an X. well I know but it's Roman numeral for 10. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, so, eh. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the redesign of the phone. So that's most exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I am going back and forth because um, I was actually really excited about the Apple Watch.
1: Oh, are you,
0: Russ? Yeah, it was between the Apple Watch and the iPhone Ten, and with with so here's my deal with the watch. I'll go into this a little bit later okay. when we begin to cover it. Okay. But no. when the Apple Watch was first announced. I was like, okay, that's that's a cool idea, but what all can it do? What is it capable of doing? And you could tell it was just because it was like the, the first version of the releases and everything else that it was more bare bones, it was more stripped down. It's like, okay, here's the watch, here are some basic things you can do with it, that sort of thing. And right. so I was not personally interested in purchasing the Apple watch at that point in time, but I thought to myself, give it a few generations and let's see where it's at and I'll reassess. So after this particular show, I am much more inclined to purchase an, an Apple Watch in the near future than mm. I was during the, the first release. Having said that, though, I think that um, the iPhone 10 also just really kind of caught my eye, too. I was like, oh, well, that's actually I'm kind of getting kind of stoked over some some of the things that they were showing on that. Right. So let's get down into the nitty gritty the of nitty-gritty. the intro mm. of the show. Yeah. Um, I thought that the pre-show of folks walking around kind of the top portion of the theater and the kind of the outside of the building, taking pictures and selfies of themselves in the, the facility. I thought that was fun. I thought that was a really kind of a nice, uh, informal way to like, um, wait for the show to start as opposed to just seeing some sort of like still image. That was a, a nice touch. Um, I liked the Steve Jobs soundbite. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they named the theater, the Steve Jobs Theater. I think that's cool because it it pays homage to his <laughs> legacy. If it wasn't for him they all would not be there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I thought that um it was interesting to see John Lasseter and JJ Abrams in the audience. I don't know if if you picked up on that or not, but they had cut to them several times throughout the entire conference and and that to my knowledge anyway is the first time I had seen folks more on the entertainment side of things actually be present for a tech demo such as the, the big Apple conference.
1: I was slightly surprised that I saw them, but then it it just dawned on me. eh, I'm not that surprised.
0: Yeah. I'm not that surprised seeing John Lasseter just because John Lasseter had a personal relationship with Steve jobs. I mean, Steve jobs was the one who actually um, got Pixar from George Lucas back when Pixar was a part of Lucasfilm Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, technically, it was part of ILM, but anyway. Well, Steve Jobs didn't he help uh, Pixar at some point? Well, that's that—that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Steve Jobs actually was the one who purchased yeah. uh, Pixar out because because George was was selling, well, not ILM, but selling Pixar, and you know, from the ILM area, they, they were kind of like an R and D portion. If I if I remember correctly, they, they were prototyping and doing you know a lot of CG stuff within ILM, and George ended up. Um, selling that, that team or that, that, that department off. And Steve Jobs is the one who bought it and picked it up. And so John Lasseter really owes um, a lot of um, his success with regards to Pixar to Steve Jobs. And, and of course, Steve Jobs um, was very much involved with the success of Pixar at, at its, its beginning point of, of getting into the film business. So that one makes sense. J.J. Abrams being in there, I was kind of like, oh. But at the same time, Apple and Disney have always had kind of a, mm-hmm. a a pretty tight relationship. So,
1: Well, not only that, but Apple's trying to get into original programming as well. So, and... <clears throat> <clears throat> so, yeah, anyway, <laughs> trying to clear it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Ew. and it's also the iPhones undeniably a very popular phone and a lot of celebrities do have the phone and I think Apple is very kind of intertwined and connected with uh every avenue I mean sure. politics and entertainment uh I think it's it's they they their reaches far and wide Yeah So uh to me I don't think even it was probably limited to those celebrities I, I mean I maybe I would guess that Apple even sent other invitations out for celebrities to be there. I mean,
0: that just more makes the event popular. You know what I'm saying? That's actually a good point. I think that in the future, we will probably start to see more and more celebrities start to uh, partake in the event, be able to sit down as as the cameras pan over the audience. It's not just employees of Apple, but but just folks who are like, oh, wow, look, there's so-and-so. Oh, there's so-and-so. You know,
1: you mentioned the employees. I'm glad they... uh, They recognized some of the employees, like their retail staff. Because a lot of retail folks don't even get the light of day from people. And they're on the ground level and dealing with all the customer
0: complaints and getting the lowest wages and whatnot. And it's really cool they recognize the retail staff. You know what was interesting about the retail portion of it is that... um, Honestly, and I think it was because I was waiting to see the products. I felt like that was actually the most boring part of the show. Yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> to talk about, to give it a segment, a whole segment like that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, moving on. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest drawbacks of the show it was the fact that um, they had a lot of this fluff yeah. that that was packed into the intro portion. And so I found myself just kind of talking at my screen going, come on, let's get yeah. past this. Let's move on to the stuff that what, you know, we're interested in. Yeah. Um, you know, the Angela, who was a lady who came out to, to talk about the retail stores, um, and, uh, also just, just, uh, she, she was talking about how Apple was going through this restoration process with, um, historic landmarks or places that are popular to go visit and stuff and just turn it into kind of like an Apple store or something along those lines. I don't personally, I don't really know how I feel about that just because it's just, you know, I, I, they tried to romanticize it. Right. And Apple's very astute to, to do that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, it, it, if you peel that away, it's literally a corporation coming in to, to a place of history and going, <laughs> "Yeah, we're going to slap our logo on it yeah, and sell you exactly. some stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, <laughs> those are my thoughts as well. Um, and not to mention people are, are there, not to see what oh what's your corporation doing how are you spending your money like yeah. show us the goods yeah tell us how we need to spend our money you know why do we need to spend our money with Apple and now you're talking about okay okay Apple's uh, now in Carnegie uh, yeah <laughs> I'm like okay now you're making a, a crystal clear uh, cube of a store okay great moving on what else do you got
0: it's probably more for the stockholders honestly yeah. just to see where their money is uh, is going but true um, you know one one thing I will say is that. Uh, um, Angela was, was just, you know, she was very well-spoken, mm-hmm. presented herself well. The only um, kind of critique I would have about it is just that the the pink jacket that she had on was very distracting. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. just, I felt, <laughs> I, I was like, I love <laughs> the, the heels. I love yeah. like, the pants and the white shirt. I, I think if she were to have just um, left the, the pink jacket off. Maybe it was cold in there, Russ. Well, it could have been cold, yeah, but I think I just I thought everything else about her ensemble was awesome. It was just that one part I was like, ah, I just I wish that that was off because because I found myself just looking more at her and less on the huge jumbo screen that was behind her because that was like just real bright pink color. But yeah, um, well, just kind of weird that she wasn't wearing that flowy jacket. I mean, just, that that's like kind of an overcoat
1: you go. Outside, with you put on if it's cold, you know, or if it's gonna rain. You well, don't I mean, really was, walk into a, a conference to make a presentation with your overcoat on.
0: It you was know? it wasn't an overcoat. It was like 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 it was like a lacy light thing. You could tell that like it was not meant to be like like you know we're gonna keep the the heat in. I just think that if it was more of like a gray color or a black color or charcoal, some something that would just kind of you tone it down a little bit. So my eyeballs are more looking at the the screen and less at this uh, this pink color, but. Um what else did I have about the intro here? Oh, another critique too is that it's obvious that Tim Cook has had quite the relationship with Steve Jobs back when Steve Jobs was was, was here. And so it was very it was touching to to have them take a moment to be able to um talk a bit about some of Steve Jobs' um ideas and and his uh, plans for the company, that sort of thing. Having said all of that, I was surprised that, um, it took them about, I actually went in through the, the, the video itself and it took about 19 and a half minutes before we actually started getting into the products themselves. And right about 19 and a half minutes, uh, was when they played that letter montage video where they had all those people reading their letters as they're doing their activities that they're describing in the letter. Which, by the way, I thought was a fantastic video. I thought it was really well produced. I like the guy, the the, <clears throat> the training,
1: or the guy. He was like in uh, boot camp or whatever. Uh, and so he's reading his letter, and all those like soldiers. Or no, I, when it wasn't a boot camp thing. Maybe it was uh, It was like a. Um, it was one of those. Uh, uh, Tough mutter kind of competition, like a Spartan competition where all you'd be like jumping in the mud and yeah, like oh, yeah. and slopping through and he's like Dirt. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I thought
0: I thought it was really funny, like when he was getting to the end we we're saying sincerely, like just see like someone like splat somebody's like, Oh man, yeah, I, I, know what I it was says. waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But I was actually curious if those were the the people who were the original authors of those letters. They had to be. Or were they just actors?
1: That had to be the original. I mean, that would be so messed up if they go, Oh, yeah, so and so Mr. You know, Joe Schmoe gave us a letter. Hi, Mr. Actor, you wanna read Mr. Joe Schmoe's letter? He's not gonna care to be on the Apple conference whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. If,
0: if they actually got the original people to do that, then that is terrific. But I'm just saying, as someone who comes from that background, that type of thing happens all the oh, time. Oh, that sucks. Well, let's see. Do you have any other thoughts about the intro or
1: mm, that's about it, bro. Okay.
0: So They go um, from the intro to the video, and then once the video is done, then the the big product that they they show first is the Apple Watch Series 3. Now, there are a few different features about this that really caught my attention, the the biggest of which is that it is now cellular. That was the biggest deal for me when the Apple Watch was first introduced a, a couple of years ago, which was just that you had this constant tether relationship between your iPhone and your Apple watch in the sense that the Apple watch really couldn't do, it was already limited to begin with. And then the idea of being able to take calls was also limited by the fact that it had to be tethered to close proximity to your phone in order to take those calls. The whole notion being that you could keep your phone in your pocket and answer your, your phone call on your wrist, which I mean, that's a nice first step, but it's not one that's going to cause me to go out and spin uh-huh you know, between 500 to a thousand dollars on a, on a watch. So fast forward to now where it is, now it is cellular. So you don't have to be right next to your phone. You can actually take calls and stuff. That's a big deal. That's actually really convenient. And, uh, and I dig that. What about you? I think it's bittersweet. I
1: think it was, uh, they should have had it out by now because, uh, Samsung already had it out. <clears throat> so, uh, there's that, but at the same time, you know, they only give you an hour, um, and so depending on where you are, if you're taking many phone calls, you only have 60 minutes and that's it before you have to go back to your phone. You can't take any more calls.
0: Wait, uh, wait, say it again? You
1: only, have, you only have an hour to talk.
0: On your Apple Watch? On your Apple Watch. Oh, I did so, not know
1: that. Uh, not to mention, it's going to cost you an extra $10 a month on your phone bill to do that. So you got to be like someone who's anti like, get this phone off me. It's a leash. You know, I don't know. I don't I want to be separate. I just want to take phone calls and that's it. I don't want to be notified, be, you know, be notified by Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, I just want to be untethered. Um, so, I, I mean, where do, you, where do you draw the line? I mean, I, a lot of folks are going to have their phone on them anyway because the phone's going to be the camera. It's their notepad. It's their GPS. I mean, sure. the list is long. So they're going to have it on them anyway. So is the $10 a month worth it just to have an hour of talk time on your watch? yeah i don't know maybe maybe not
0: yeah this <clears throat> i'd be curious to find out if that would be dependent upon whether or not your iphone was in close enough proximity to your apple watch where suddenly are we out of tissues no we're not oh, okay the guy, they're all on the bottom here yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pause the show! yeah really um <laughs> Anyway, what I was going to say is, is that um, I wonder if that hour only applies if uh, you just dropped my water. Bottle. Oops. That's funny that we were going to pause the show just for tissues. <laughs> They're that important right now. Yeah, really? Um, anyway, let's try this on for the third time. Um, if your Apple watch is in close proximity to your phone, do you get more than an hour's worth or not. Uh-huh. So you do. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's only when the Apple Watch is far enough away from your phone that then the hour it kicks in.
1: Yeah. Well, you would have to disconnect the cellular at that point and just make sure it's connected via Bluetooth. Yeah. Uh, and
0: then you get it all the time in the world until your battery dies. Interesting. Well, I still think that it's it's good. I, I still think that that's definitely a big step in the right direction. And you know that when the, the subsequent releases come out over the next few years, they're just going to improve upon it.
1: They'll get better. Yep.
0: The other thing I thought was really cool was that they will now allow streaming of 40 million songs on your wrist. That's really cool. Um, I can't remember if the first version of the Apple Watch um, was set up so that you could listen to music to it uh, with it or not on your, on your earbuds. Do you remember? I don't. I think it did have some music storage on it, just not a lot. Yeah. Um,
1: at the same time, I, I hope... <laughs> I hope what does not happen is that people start listening to music just on their little watch speaker. And yeah. So sort of walk around listening. I mean, that, how annoying is that when you're walking around and if people have to talk to folks on speakerphone on their phone and then you got people listening to music all the time if you're, you're shopping or... Sure. Uh,
0: well, I think that the, the idea is that you just use those, those wireless earbuds. I would hope so. Which, by the way, I do not like the design of those, those earbuds. Are, yeah, those it, it looks like... Honestly, without being <laughs> too cr- it looks like a bird that crapped in both your ears and yeah, it kind of dripped it's out. It's terrible. Plus, yeah. those things are expensive. They are expensive. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you have to it'll go ahead and buy those yeah. if you want that to work.
0: Right. So, let's see. Uh, performance upgrades, of course, for, for the Apple Watch. Uh, we're all well and good. I love me some performance upgrades. Got to have them. I think that's about all I... Kind of sat up and took notice about with regards to the Apple Watch. Well, but all they had anyway. Yeah.
1: We're gonna show you a video. The guy's surfing, gets a phone call and video. Yeah. Next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's something that like now, yeah. after seeing that, now I'm on board to get myself an Apple Watch. I did think the microphone was good. Um, like the, the dude who uh I don't
1: know I didn't write his name. I'm horrible at names. But he was up there talking, he goes, I'm gonna go off script and go rogue here for a second. He says she the the girl who was uh paddling. Uh-huh. Um, she had her hand, which had her oh, watch around right. her wrist paddling and she right. was talking and she came through crystal clear. And he's like, you know, there's, there's distance between uh where her watch is on her wrist and obviously her mouth. She's not bringing the watch right to her face to mm-hmm. speak. She's using that to do whatever she's doing. And it's still capturing uh as well as us capturing and sending the signal
0: as well as it is. Yeah. That's pretty good. That actually, I'm really glad you brought that up just because I was impressed with that too about, you know, the, the video call was brilliant because you got to see this woman out in the middle of nowhere on this lake paddling. And so her arms are in a constant state of movement, but her face it's not like her face is, is trying to like crane over to like right. talking to the, the the watch itself. So that tells me that um, the speaker quality in the in the watch is, is pretty good. <clears throat> Unless Russ, they had it pre-recorded. No, they didn't have it pre-recorded.
1: <laughs> not for something like that. <laughs> they are like, okay, don't fall in the water this time.
0: We're going to make sure the timing is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> Moving on to the Apple TV 4K. 4K is a platform that has been slow to roll out over the years. I think it's been around now for about, what, two years? Uh, three years? I would say around between two and three years. Definitely three plus years. It's... um. It's definitely a platform that I feel has been slow to adopt for the masses. When I look at like the jump between like VHS and DVD, everybody was like hot to trot to like go out and buy a DVD player. And really when Blu-ray came out, the whole HD DVD thing also was a big deal. People were like, oh, that looks even better. I'm going to go for that. What's interesting is that with 4K, 4K involves having to purchase a brand new television. And that's where kind of the barrier to entry resides. For a lot of folks, up until recently, um, when you were looking at 4K TVs over the past two to three years, I mean, it would run you like eight grand Mm -hmm. to get like a a nice 4K TV. However, in today's world, you can find quite a few televisions for about 800 bucks uh, for a 4K TV. Now, they may not be the brand that you're looking for, right? (laughs) It may not be the brand that you need, but it's the brand that you deserve. Sorry. throw the little Batman there for you, do you? Mm. Okay. <clears throat> A little tough customer over here. Hmm. not impressed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it uh, oh, that hurts. Uh, I'm put my tail between my legs. Let's see how it is. Nope. Nope. What are you going to do right now? okay. Anyway, with the 4K, I think that the the, um, the updated UI of Apple TV overall is a big improvement. I uh, was one of those folks who really did not like um, the the initial design of the overall dashboard and the UI of, of Apple TV. Apple has always struggled in the TV arena. Like, they have some of the, the their Apple fans who, you know, they'll go out and buy anything that's Apple. And they'll just eat it up. They'll love Apple, anything. Apple, 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 Apple. Apple, 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 Apple. 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 Um, Sorry about that, Russ. Get off my feet. (laughs) Your Uh, feet are on my side of the table. What do you want me to do? Steve, you're short.
1: Yeah, well. (laughs) And you got a lot of space. So, um, Apple TV, Russ. Yeah. uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go
0: ahead and say something. After you played footsie with me on the table, now I've lost my my train of thought. Well,
1: I'm going to go ahead and say that the remote design looks a little bit weird. Like They had to identify the menu button with a white circle around it and then they have part of the controller that's polished and part of it looks matte. I'm thinking like what, what what kind of uniformity are you kind of going with? I mean do people get confused with the limited amount of buttons on this controller that they don't know where the menu
0: is and when it says menu on it? I don't know about um, the, the button configuration on the controller however one of the trends these days is to actually combine different types of finishes so like you know like Xbox One for instance half of it is, is glossy and the other half is matted That's just that's kind of one of the latest uh, trends regarding hardware peripherals and stuff. I personally like it. I think it's cool. I think it just adds a little bit of uh, visual eh, differentiation. I could take it or leave it. Let's see. Oh, they had that game company come up and give um, a demo for their game called Sky. Sky. I thought that the graphics looked really cool. However, I, I got the feeling that it was more of a tech demo of what the Apple TV was capable of and less of it being like a bonafide game title. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give 100% judgment on that just because obviously I have not played it. I definitely look forward to playing it. And quite honestly, it looks like a game that if they were to release it on mobile, depending on just what the game mechanics are, that could probably sell pretty well. And, but again, it just depends on, okay, what exactly you do you, you have this really, uh, whimsical, charming environment. The clouds look great. And there are lots of, um, cutesy animations with the characters, but what is the purpose of you playing this game? And exactly, what did you think of the game, Steve? Uh, I thought it was more of a tech demo also. And I think that's probably
1: how they meant it. I don't think they came out and be like, Hey everybody, look at this game. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. They didn't really do that. They just said, okay, Apple TV, you know, it can play some games and, uh, here's where it is right now. And to show you that here's so-and-so showing off the game. That's all it really was. I think it took a little bit too long, Mm. but I mean, um, I could appreciate the game for what it is. I mean, if uh, I think the guy said something about uh, you have to be generous in the game and to get some sort of pro- progression or rewards. Sure. Oh, well, that's cool. I mean, that's a game for little kids. I mean, why not? But uh, that's kind of where it ended. And I was like, okay, moving on
0: again. Overall, I would say that it's becoming more and more apparent to me that Apple, as well as like um, other tech companies like Amazon, are getting more and more interested in just taking over your household. They want to be a part of every facet of your life, not just your phone call portion or not just um, your music portion or whatever. They, they literally want to get into every facet of your life. And the Apple TV is certainly one of those instruments that allows them to do so. And I was thinking about this today. I could, I could see how I would end up Somewhere down the line, purchasing these different peripherals that are Apple based, like so long as I'm an Apple customer, I buy the Apple um, iPhone, um, they, they're doing a really nice job of creating this ecosystem of different products, a suite of products that can all exist with you in your home and just make it a lot, that much easier to be able to transfer files. Like, you know, if you had a MacBook Pro with your iPhone, with your Apple Watch, with your Apple TV, you know, like, like if you wanted to show off a video or a picture you know, on your nice big TV screen, you can just, you know, airplay it to your your Apple TV from your phone. So that way you could show your buddies or your guests something that was uh, noteworthy, that sort of thing. And it's not limited to that, but just, you know, even having like the biometrics, with, you know. Um, features of of the, like the Apple watch, for instance, they're getting into health. Um, there, there is more and more of this where it's just, it's literally becoming, um, a race for these companies to try and, and present themselves as a one-stop shop for all things life. And I think it's good that they have competition. I'm glad to see all these different companies trying out different things. and, And I think that, um, it will be a big win for the for the consumer, regardless of which platform you decide to go with. But it's just interesting to see how it's all coming together. It's all part of the plan. Right. <clears throat> the next product that they came out to talk about was the iPhone 8. So I would say... One of the biggest announcements with, that I knew was coming like to, to what you were talking about earlier regarding all of the different information leaks and stuff, um, wireless charging. Mm-hmm. Wireless charging is something that I've been waiting for for a long time. I think it's great that I could just have, um, I think they call it the Apple Mat. Is that correct? Uh, some air power is what I remember. Air time. power, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think air power may have been like the feature of what it does, but then yeah. the, the little device they sell, maybe I don't know. I'll have to double check yeah, that. looked like a maxi pad to me. Oh, Steve. <laughs> My I'm just being
1: real. Like, that's not okay, whatever. Do you
0: uh, wear maxi pads, Steve? <laughs> Russ, I know what they look like. you spend like. a lot of time around those? I did spend a lot of time in retail. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Stocking the shelves with maxis, eh? Uh but yeah, with the wireless charging, I love the idea that you can charge multiple devices. I think I think it said up to three devices simultaneously, which is great, especially when you have uh, family and you have to have multiple phones charge. I love the idea that I can just plop it down on something and it starts to charge. I don't have to like hunt for a wire and then plug it into the phone. I literally, just put it on the, on the surface, mm-hmm. let it charge, pick it back up. I'm good to go. Don't have to unplug it. It's just one less step, and so that's a that's a, a nice um, upgrade, I would say. The augmented reality, this is something that um, a lot of companies have been flirting with. I know that last year's E3, Microsoft had come out showing um, some augmented reality that they were developing for the Xbox One. It was a little surprising that we actually didn't see them follow through with that at this year's E3. They kind of put that behind closed doors. But um, seeing Apple come out with it too, I think there's a, a major amount of potential to utilize augmented reality, but I think it's going to take some some good brainstorming sessions, a lot of concept ideation to like figure out, okay, how can we leverage this new type of technology in a way that makes sense when it comes to game mechanics? But um, well, that wasn't limited to the iPhone 8, though. I mean, the 7 can do that too. Well, I think that... And perhaps was it was it actually part of the the new iOS that's coming out? Yeah. Okay. I do think that's going to depend also too on um, performance when it comes to these. Like like if you were to update your iOS, it's clearly not going to run as smoothly on like a six as opposed to an eight. True. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's really cool. I mean, even with with the, with the advancements that Facebook has done, you know, they have like some of their three sixty degree views of, of photos or you know, just all these companies are definitely playing with the idea of whether it's virtual reality or augmented reality. Me personally, at this point in time, I really enjoy the augmented reality. I just think there's a a ton that you can do with it and it would just make it that much more engrossing. But what kind of thoughts do you have regarding the iPhone HD? I'd pass on it.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um, if you go on Apple's website and you compare the phones, mm-hmm. it's literally like the identical phone.
0: <clears throat> you have identical phone to What
1: uh, the seven? Ah. So you go back and forth, the exact same camera. They didn't do anything with the camera, and that's a big, 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 big feature. I mean, the the regardless if it's iPhone, excuse me, or uh, <laughs> or it's uh, or it's a Droid phone, those mucus bubbles will ruin your day. Three things you can always count on is when a new phone comes out, is the quality of the screen getting better, the processor being faster, and the camera taking a next step up. Every single phone. Doesn't matter if Samsung, iPhone, LG, HTC, it does not matter. Those three things you can always count on being upgraded.
0: Well, the camera actually was upgraded. It was 12 nah. megapixels. So it's the 7. Oh, it is? Yep. Oh, I didn't know. I thought mm-hmm. the 7 was 10. Negative, sir. Oh, wow.
1: So uh, what the 8 can do that the 7 cannot do is basically wireless charging and it has the um the uh a11 bionic chip which Mm -hmm. that's the same as the iphone x jensen Uh, i need something snappy (laughs) something catchy i don't know why they had to label it bionic either i want to just label
0: it a11 a11 i don't know like I, so, like I said, the, the marketing guy came over. I need something <laughs> snapping. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, it does come earlier. Or it has it has a higher memory. Like the minimum memory amount was a little bit more. So the seven, you could it starts at thirty two. This one starts at sixty four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I mean, the same size so phone, physically dimensionally, is, is exactly the same as the uh, as the seven. The contrast ratio, the pixel resolution, three uh, D. T- I mean, three D. Everything is everything is the same. There's it's, it's, it's harder, uh, or it's easier actually to figure out what the differences are than, than see what, how they, uh, are different.
0: Now they did introduce portrait lighting, which is available for both the iPhone eight as well as the 10. What'd you think of that? Um, that
1: was mostly an iPhone 10 feature because of the, uh, the the front facing camera was a lot better because with the eight and the seven, the the front camera is the same, Mm. um, I, I think that's cool. I mean, everybody's looking to take better pictures with their phones, and um, I thought it was excellent. The, the samples they gave on the front, uh, you know, the, the screen there, the projection, they were, they were great pictures. They not even blown up as big as they were. They were great. Mm-hmm. They looked fantastic. One thing I was uh, curious of is why they decided not to go with the 7S, name, uh-huh. and instead go with an iPhone 8. Because if you look at the generations, it was iPhone, iPhone 3, 3S, 4, 4S, 5, There's 5S, 6S. There was a 3G XS. in there, too. There was a 3GS, that's right. So all up until now, they go, okay, here's the iPhone 8. And you're like, what happened to the 7S? And I wonder why they did that, too, because the phone looks... I mean, if you if if you if you look at the phone from the front, it looks basically identical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's no change. Oh, sure. Which the S model always had no change Looking wise, you know, uh, appearance wise, to the, its predecessor. Yeah. But when the new number came out, the iPhone 7 or the iPhone X, that's when the look of the phone actually changed. And I just wonder if, if Apple and Samsung, uh, you know, going back and forth, they just thought, um, you know, the Galaxy S8 is out, and if we do a 7s, then it's, you know, it's the
0: number behind Samsung. We want to stay. You know, maybe that, that has something to do with it. Well, it, yeah. What's interesting too is that. I don't understand why companies skip over the number nine. Like, if you think about it, like, like when Microsoft debuted windows, you know, they went from windows eight to windows 10 and now we have Apple going from, uh, you know, the iPhone eight to the iPhone 10 as well. It's just, it's kind of funny how the number nine is, is, uh, not getting its It's uh, due time in the spotlight, but I don't know a little passing anecdote. I- I think if, if they were going
1: to... Uh, I, think the, I think the better decision would have be just to drop the 8 altogether and then come out with the 10. Since this is the 10th anniversary of the phone and they're going to redesign it anyway. Just come out with a 10. I mean, uh, since the differences between the 7 and the 8 are so close, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it would have been more of a wow factor to say, here's our new phone. It's going to be the same price as what the, what the 8 would be, but uh, it
0: looks like this and this is what I could do. People would go nuts. Well, I think that was one of the other things too is they have to be able to to have multiple price points. So the, I know. they have the Apple, the Apple 10, iPhone 10 mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> it's going to be a $1000 starting. Starting. Yeah, which means that if you want like all the bells and whistles, it'll probably run you more like 1200 but probably 13 or 14. Yeah. But then you have to also make a, a library of other products so that other people who don't want to spend that much will come. And that's, it was clearly obvious that the iPhone 8 was more of a stopgap in between what we currently have versus the iPhone 10. Speaking of which, going into the iPhone 10 itself, I really liked the new design of the screen. I think that that was something that was um, a nice evolutionary step. I wouldn't call it revolutionary just because the the Droid has uh, been doing kind of like the edge-to-edge screen thing now for at least a year, if not two. Um, but looking at my my iPhone 6 Plus, I mean, that was one of the big things, was just seeing how there's like these black bars on the top and the bottom and removing that. I just, I, I really dig that. I think that that's just, like I said, it's a, it's a nice evolutionary step to the, the screen portion of the phone, and uh, I look forward to seeing it. One of the things I thought was interesting, too, was that the overall dimensions of the iPhone ten is actually smaller than the yep. iPhone
1: 8 Plus. However, the screen is bigger.
0: Yeah, so that's throwing me for a loop because I'm curious to find out how close is the iPhone 10 screen in comparison to my iPhone 6 Plus. I can
1: tell you here, give me a second. Okay.
0: Cuz <clears throat> I like the idea that the phone itself, the, the like the the chassis of the phone, if you will, the body of the phone is smaller it's, you know It seems to be a, a little bit smaller than the iPhone 6 Plus, mm-hmm. but um, I like the idea that the screen has in, in, enlarged a bit. It, it, I don't know. It's like I don't want to lose this the screen real estate that I've grown accustomed to.
1: You won't. Oh. Your screen is 5.5 inches. The new one is 5.8. Well, that just makes me a happy camper. You know what also makes me a happy camper too, Russ? Because if I ever wanted to get a bigger phone, <sighs> I'm
0: the uh, six ass. The success. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the amount of hacking on this episode is
1: unprecedented. <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records on uh, podcast hacking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> mucus hacking—that is. We're doing it live. <laughs> uh, one of the thing's I can't—I I can't stand about the the plus is that you know I carry some stuff in my pockets, and if I'm bending over to pick up something, I, I feel that phone just against my thigh. I don't like that. I like the smaller footprint phone. You Uh know what I'm saying, right? I do. So the actual dimensions of the phone, its good. it basically is bigger than mine, but smaller than yours, but with a screen bigger than yours and, of course, bigger than mine. (laughs) Uh, So that, to me, is a nice uh, in-between. I also like the design with... um, And they said edge-to-edge display, but obviously it's not all the way to the edge. But I think it's a good thing because some of the droids... um, have, they're not actually edge to edge. They have like that, that curved screen to them spillover, yeah. uh, but they still have the borders on the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. So they're not covering the, 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 like the speaker for your ear, for example, receiver. Right. right. Um, but if you're holding the phone and like I'm trying to play Clash of Clans, for example, one of the mistakes I always made is that the screen thinks, okay, I can I can sense a little overhang of the finger right over here. All of a sudden it'll drop a troop where I didn't want to drop, you know? <laughs> uh, or if I'm trying to type something, sometimes you know, the, 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 a certain keys would would uh, filter in because it can sense my fingers right there. And I got kind of annoying. Yeah, It is nice if you're showing somebody a picture or you're showing somebody... Like a movie or something, then you have those. The, the, at least the sides are completely borderless, and you're like, "Look at this, that's cool." But I think Apple chose what they chose because um, uh, of that reason. Of, I didn't want to want the screen uh, to register your finger hanging over the side and do things you don't want to do. That being said, the one criticism I have um, is that is the design itself also <laughs> because you have this notch at the top of the phone. Uh-huh. And obviously they wanted it, you know, border to border, but, and they needed a, a speaker there.
0: Wait, are you talking about the iPhone or the droid?
1: Uh, the iPhone. Okay. Uh, is every picture you show, every movie you show, it's going to be border to border. You always see all the corners, but you right. always have this notch sticking out that's in the middle of the movie or in the middle of that's the That's a really
0: good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So... Eh, I mean, it's it's
1: kind of so-so, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying, you know?
0: Yeah, you want to have that perfect kind of like 16 by 9 aspect ratio yeah. without anything kind of poking through. The, I didn't even think about that. Are yeah. you sure that, that when you're playing a movie, it will play... Positive. Uh, see, there are little things like that. Um, that is a bit of a bummer because... I, yeah, you, you want to have that perfect rectangle experience. Yeah. When you start poking little shapes and stuff in there, you're kind of like, oh, why would you do that? Right.
1: Like what's happening in that little like edge?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Am, I, am I missing something important? <laughs> like, you know, if I was one of those saucy uh, Hollywood directors, I would like purposely make a movie where like, you'd have to rely on that portion, just that yeah. pixel part of the movie yeah. in order to find out what the heck's going on. That way, anyone who watches on an iPhone, they're like, wait, wait a minute.
1: But to be fair, it's all software. So, I mean, if if enough people go, I can't stand it, then they just released a, a patch for uh, iOS 11 and right. then it's done. So yeah. it's not set in stone.
0: Well, the other thing that reminds me of this too is the camera on the back part of the phone. I've always loved the older iPhones where it was um, it was more embedded inside the case of the phone. So when you lay your phone on on a Surface... Then it just it lays completely flat, and one of the things that um, bothers me is I know um, that the first started happening with the iPhone six plus, um, you know the camera's lens just barely pops out, mm-hmm. and it's enough where it's just, it just it just doesn't stay f- like just completely flat on the surface. I, and I know that that's kind of a nitpick, but at the same time, it's like you know Apple like prides itself. On the details they pride themselves on little things like they were like you know what we made it so you could put your phone on any surface and it is immaculate you know we want something like that so when i when i see these cameras and i guess that the the technology regarding the hardware just isn't there yet to be able to to facilitate it i'm sure that if you were to take like the, the, the type of camera technology that is in the iPhone X, fast forward five years, they'd probably easily be able to put it in there, but we're just not there yet. And Actually, it's not limited to Apple. My
1: HTC and uh, my Samsungs do the same thing, ever since the Galaxy S6.
0: But see, they have the reputation, though, of circumventing that. That's the thing. Like, I would expect some of the other phone manufacturers to have that because they just don't think about that sort of thing. You know, Apple is always like the craftsmanship. You
1: mm-hmm. know, it's true. All
0: no, up. yeah, that, that's
1: absolutely true. <laughs> touch your, okay. if
0: you look at you? I just touched your
1: foot again. I'm my legs like bent underneath my chair. And if I go out just a tad bit, I'm going to touch your bare foot. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say we are oh, bare feet. So, man. um,
1: share that toe. Jam. <laughs> Ooh, you're kind of sweaty. <laughs> uh, but you know, here, here's the flip side is more, the majority of people are going to get a case for their phone. And like the case I have for my phone, it's just the leather case that Apple offers. And that's thin. And my my phone fits flat on everything. So, I mean, if you're going to be somebody who doesn't have a case on their phone, and, and there's people who don't because the back of the phone looks really pretty too.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, then- I actually have friends, not to cut you off, but. Yes, you did. I'm going to anyway. I have friends who um, religiously will not buy yeah. a cover for their phone because they feel as though it ruins, like, the overall user experience of True. the phone. And, I, I, you know, I can't fault them for that. Either. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, absolutely. But uh, tons of people uh, buy cases for their phones, and then once you have a case on the phone, it's a mute point. Mm-hmm. So, heh, heh.
0: <laughs> Now, no. in addition to the large screen, they also have uh, water-slash-dust resistance which is good. It'd be even better if it was water-slash-dust proof. I'm sure that they are planning on doing that for the next release. Can't give everybody what they want right up front. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making any more money. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, it's still cool to see that it is water-resistant just because there have been plenty of times that um, spilled drinks occur or, you know, you're, you're brushing your teeth and your phone's right there. You're making... I would say- I always had people, sorry to cut you off, Ross. <laughs> people always came to me and said,
1: oh, I dropped my phone in the toilet.
0: Well, I don't know if that would be water resistant.
1: <laughs> I think that's more waterproof. <laughs> no, that's water resistant for sure. Uh, because there's there's actually a depth reading that all these phones have. And there's been tests where people are like, okay, here it goes, I'm going to test it. Funk." And they just drop it in their pool. <laughs> and, it's, and they'll say like water resistant down to a certain feet. Like the seven, I think was down 20 feet. Uh, oh, water, wow. and you can keep it there for about 30 minutes until you had to bring it back up and the phone still worked. Uh, so it is water resistant. They can't say it's waterproof because then people would like go diving with the phone and then be like, hey, it's not working anymore. I mean, people will try they, anything they and will everything. try anything, yeah. It was funny though, because people kept on saying, I dropped drop my phone in the toilet. And I thought, man, why do people keep dropping their phone in my toilet? <laughs> and then I had I had my phone in my shirt pocket and then I went to go to the to the, the john, and I leaned over to put the seat down and then my phone goes whoop and I, I'm like <laughs>
0: That's how people do it. You know, okay, totally digressing <laughs> off this, but I'm wondering how did the slang term for the toilet be called the John? I don't know. Like, is there some guy named John who's just like, hey, man, I have a patent
1: on that. The John. Maybe his last name was Toilet. And he goes, I'm tired of everybody referring to my last name <laughs> as The Toilet. <laughs> my first name's John. I'm going to call it The John. How about that?
0: John Toilet.
1: John and Johnson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to go hand in hand. <laughs> Oh my, (laughs) that pun was just too magical to resist. Okay. So the super retina display. Um, Once again, this kind of thing always gets me excited. I love how they are able to improve on their craft. And um, obviously the the better the the screen, just the more enjoyment you're going to get out of it. Um, The face ID. Okay. Now this is interesting too, is that... um, when I was looking at my iPhone six plus before the show, I was trying to take in like, okay, what are the things I like about it? What are the things that I feel are starting to feel a little dated? One of the things I always thought was really sexy about the iPhone is the idea that you just, you have this glass surface that you do like 99% of your interactions on. It just, it feels great and it feels futuristic. The one part that was a selling feature for a long time that I feel as though it's becoming dated is the home button. It's the one button that clicks on the phone. And of course it, you know, wakes the phone up and does your, your fingerprint scan, that sort of thing. Um, but I feel as though it is finally come to the point where it's starting to feel passe. And so I think that Apple did a terrific job in timing with the iPhone 10 removing that home button altogether. So now you just have one big sheet of glass that your fingers can just tap and swipe and do everything on. And I think that, that, that was a really nice move. I think that's actually one of the, the bigger selling points of the iPhone 10. I also like the fact that with the face ID, um, I like how you just, you know, your natural tendency is when you're about to look at your phone is you have the phone looking, you know, right in front of your face right before you press the home button. So it makes complete sense that they would actually use your face as the uh, replacement for your thumbprint. I am curious to see how um, secure that feature is, though. I'm assuming that it's probably the same as the thumbprint, where it doesn't go to any kind of network or anything like that. It stays housed locally on your particular phone and that's a very good thing but i'm just wondering how accurate it is um like like if you decide that that's secure like, it is i mean well, it, well i was going to say accurate too like um like let's say i'm clean shaven and all of a sudden i, I grow this huge zz top beard like is is it not going to recognize me anymore it says it will okay
1: I mean, they had all these pictures of people are like, okay, you know, if you decided to grow a beard or you decided to grow your hair yeah. long or you chop it all off, it keeps on recognizing you. And I think partly what it does, I mean, it says it has about 30,000 points on your face that it memorizes, but I think what it, I'm guessing here... <clears throat> But I think what it solely does is it is it memorizes or it takes a map of the symmetry between your eyes and your mouth and your nose because all that stuff does not change. You could do yeah. whatever you want to, but it, but the placement is the placement.
0: I mean, like what if you decide you're going to gain, you know, 200 pounds or let's say you lose 200 pounds. Symmetry of your eyes, nose and mouth stay the same. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that that's probably the yeah. crux of the whole thing. What, what do you think of the face ID? Uh, I'm a little paranoid with it as well. Uh, one thing that
1: came to mind is um, if I'm talking to somebody and my, I have my phone on the table and a notification comes up, I don't want to unlock my phone to see the notification. I just want to see, you know, my shield almost gone in Clash of Clans
0: uh-huh. or,
1: uh, you know, who does so-and-so text me? And I look at my phone. My phone's gonna like, oh, look at this. Here's open the open up the whole entire thing. And like, I don't want to open up the whole entire phone just to see notification. Like, you know, you can close back up now. <laughs> sure. I wanna there's probably gonna be some settings with it, but um
0: I don't know if I'm fully on board quite yet. I wonder if they will still show you the notifications. Like, like I know on my, my iPhone 6 Plus, if I get a text message or something like that, it'll Briefly come up so that way if you're if you're next to your phone you'll see that and then it'll periodically kind of reappear and buzz at you just let you know hey you have something going on right I would be surprised if they got rid of that yeah I don't know I, I it's just all
1: software again so there's there's changes that they can make with it um <laughs> uh, when they were um on, uh, during the conference and uh, the Face ID failed well it didn't fail um. That's just everybody's initial thought because the phone that he was using was actually restarted. And every time you restart the phone, even with your phone or my phone, you have to put in your password physically. You can't right. just use your your uh, thumb ID uh, or your fingerprint ID. Um, but anyway, the bad press was out. But anyhow, um, after that, uh, okay, you're going to kill me. I just lost my thought, Russ. I just lost <laughs> my freaking thought.
0: Talking about face ID. Oh, crap. Talk about the security of it, how you were a little nervous.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm not going to... Oh, I remember. I remember. Oh, Oh my goodness. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's a little anecdote. You can go ahead and edit that back if you want, Russ. Oh, no. (laughs) It's staying in. <laughs> so when the Samsung Note 7 came out, I'm one generation behind people. But when the Note 7 came out, the Samsung rep came to, to see me and before it was released, he says, okay, we gotta go in the back room cause I can't, you know, since the phone's not officially released, I can't show it to you in front of everybody. I'm like, okay, okay. So we go back, show me the goods. Yeah, so much good. And he goes, okay, watch this. And he pulls out the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy a watch? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Uh, uh, he goes, watch this. And he looks at his phone like he's just looking at it intently. And I'm like, and I, I don't even see the screen. I'm like facing him, right? And so he's like looking at the screen, he goes, okay, hold on a second. Uh, uh, okay eyes wide open, like, okay, work. <laughs> and he goes, okay, well, it's not out yet. So we still have some bugs to do. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, yeah, it's a software. But when that happened in, on the Apple conference, oh, man. I thought, man, those two go hand in hand. Maybe the software is not perfect quite yet.
0: I feel, feel so bad for people who are on stage. Yeah. And that sort of thing happens because like, like an Apple's case, poor guys up there. And there are literally billions of people who are tuning oh, in to see what's going on. Yeah. And and I mean anytime you're presenting, and I understand this because I work in UI UX design. How like you're constantly working with prototypes. Yeah, this is not some sort of mass produced item. It's it's literally bleeding edge technology that like you know you 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 got it to work in a way. And you and of course during the the course of like any given presentation, you have people using it to showcase. Oh, this is what this app does, and this is what the features do. And so you have all these different types of. Uh, protocols and 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 app- applications being called up to be fired off. So finally, when it's your turn to show what you you know part you're supposed to show, like the memory's all maxed out, mm-hmm. or you know there's there's a, a a list of things that could be going wrong. And so my heart just went out for that guy. But I thought he was smooth. I thought he was yeah. really well. They had a backup phone right there, and it was funny though. He kind of wiped his face just to make sure there wasn't anything on there to do it. Um, you know someone lost their job. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> yeah, you know, someone lost their job. No, I don't think they lost their job ah, because again, have, this uh, stuff is so new. This stuff is like in the prototype form. And again, I, I completely understand what that is like because there have been so many times when, you know, I, like I, I would work on uh Fios mobile or I'd work on um some video game UI or, or, you know, even the, the banking apps that I work on and stuff. I mean, this you, you are essentially working on concept ideation of um, just these brilliant ideas. No one has figured out how to do them yet. So then you're, you're literally in these uncharted waters, so to speak, and you find a way to do it. It works, and then comes the stress test phase. And that's when it's like, oh, my gosh, you're putting this thing through the, the, the ringer, and there are things that will cause it to utterly fail. And so then once again, you're in uncharted waters again, because you're figuring out, okay, how on earth can we prevent it from crashing yeah. if it does this or whatever? But, um, the face ID thing I thought was, was a nice, Step. I I think that um, the thumb. Th- I I still love the thumbprint. I think that if they wanted to, they probably could have like a section of the glass still be like readable. Like like if you press your thumb up to the glass instead of having to press a button, there's just an area where it could still read your thumbprint. I think that that could be something that's completely doable. But. The face thing I get, too. I think, I think it's cool. And that actually leads me into uh, one of the most exciting features for me personally, which was the animojis. Mm-hmm. They spent the longest time talking about the animojis. I am telling you right now, that is the feature. You, you heard it first right here on Joygasm, ladies and gents. That feature right there is what's going to sell that phone like hotcakes. Sad but true. Because everybody will glaze over when they're talking about all these performance updates and the upgrades to the hardware and all this technical jargon. You stick an animatable cartoon head that you can personalize and send to your friends and family, people dig that.
1: Yeah, they're going to (laughs) have to expand on it though. Um, Well, you know they will. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) I thought it was cool, but at the same time, I thought
0: it's not, like, revolutionary, you know? It's- well, I mean, it's pretty revolutionary in the sense that it's it's recording your facial animations live, and then you're able to send that through a transcript. I mean, like, it's not perfect. They, they could probably use a bit more points of um, accentuation, that sort yeah. of thing. But, two for what it was, the first time I saw it, I mean, I, I looked at my my buddies at work, and we were all in agreement. Like, yep that that is the feature that will sell that phone. And what's funny is we were actually joking around about how it was probably some intern at Apple that suggested it. Yeah. And then some big wig like caught wind of it was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, so they they put it in. But
1: yeah, I think it's cool. I just wish they had like a wow feature that no one else. You know, I yeah, no one has and emojis, but that's not to say that it won't come with any other phone in their software. But I was looking for something a little more pound
0: my face, you know, to, to, to wow me. I think the big thing for me is the fact that when I look at my list of just how many features they were talking about, I think the culmination of all of these new upgrades and features brought it into more of that impressive level. Because like what you were saying, there wasn't like something in particular that was because that was specifically mind-blowing. Colossal, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you go through the list. I mean, they have wireless charging, augmented reality. They have a 12 megapixel camera, portrait lighting, which we didn't really talk too much about. And that's actually something I'm really looking forward to as a, um, a photographer myself. I, I want to see just how legit that is, but um, the larger screen edge to edge, the water resistance, Uh, the super retina display, the face ID the and emojis, the fact you have cellular for your your Apple watch, Um, even the TV um, 4K, even though that was just kind of like, yeah, standard. That's what everybody's going to. But still, like when you go through all these, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is all these things are good. Um, And like I said, I think I think a lot of what we saw throughout the show was evolutionary, not Revolutionary. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that what in terms of their checklist of what needed to happen, I think they hit it on all the marks. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting one. Will I actually go out and buy an iPhone 10 when it first comes out? Probably not because I you know, won't have between 1,000 to 1,400 bucks to, to, to spend just because of Christmas and uh, my daughter's birthday and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, I think... I look forward to the day when I actually go out and I and I buy the next phone. But that's another thing too is that the 6 Plus has been a terrific phone. The only issue I have really is I, I kind of sat on it a little weird. And so if you look on the right side, some pixels are a little out of whack by the, the time. See on the edge of the phone there, you'll see like uh, this little line. Yeah. Oops. But yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing. is um, everyone's going to be asking themselves, should I upgrade? And... Depending on your phone, I mean, my, my phone, would I like the screen to be a little bit bigger? Yeah, I would, but I'm, I would most likely, I, I would most like the camera to be better. And I could get that with the 7 because the 7 already includes uh, a better aperture and a optical image stabilizer. So both of those are gonna make the pictures automatically better. Uh, the phones are, is going to be faster, and the screens going to be better too. So that is an upgrade for me, even more of an upgrade for you because it's two generations beyond your phone. You're really distracting
0: me, by the way. I'm terribly sorry.
1: Uh, so if you have a seven, should you upgrade to the eight? Mm, I would say no. Should you upgrade to the ten? I don't know. It kind of depends on if you know a thousand bucks plus is going to be enough for you. Uh, or is it, it going to justify that price point? Is that it going to justify the size of the screen, um, the, the, the cameras, and the
0: Animojis? Will it? Well, it won't. I don't know. That's a lot of money. Well, and yeah, I think that, that from a generational standpoint, because for folks like myself who have the six or six plus, I think that we are in that mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm open to the idea of... It's, it's like the whole leapfrog mentality. We're like, those who have the seven probably won't get the eight maybe they go for the 10, but they'll probably wait for the next, you know, next year's unveiling of is going on versus folks like myself where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that, that stage of wanting to upgrade. Well, here's the thing too, is that all the previous
1: phones all drop a hundred bucks when the new phone comes out.
0: Question. Do you know if the phone carriers still provide the, uh, The discounts on the new phones, like if your contract has run its course and you're uh, eligible for a new contract, are they still doing that? No. Well, that sucks.
1: Here's what they do is I know you haven't you haven't kind of been paying attention to it because you haven't had to. Um, The two year, all the two year stuff is gone. So what happened with the two year agreement, and I'll just be brief with this, is that. They had you in a contract for two years. They made their money with the contract, not the phone. So your data, your messaging, your talk time, all that multiplied by 12, uh, actually 24 because it's for two years. Uh-huh. That's where they made their money so that they could d- afford to discount the phone. A lot of folks basically said, we don't. We hate contracts. Contract to us is a four-letter word. We don't want it anymore. So all the companies said, okay, well, we can't afford to just discount the, all the phones. I mean, you're talking... Six or seven hundred dollars down to 200. That's a big discount multiplied by millions of people who are buying phones. So they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to um, not discount the phone, but we're going to allow you to basically finance the phone. And so you will buy a phone that's seven hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and you divide that by 24, let's say. Uh And so your payment then comes to about I can't do the math in my head because it all depends on the on the phone that you buy, but it comes basically between $20 and $35, depending on the phone that you get. So you pay your phone bill and you pay the cost of the phone. Uh-huh. And if you want to upgrade early and you're not done paying off your phone, you send your phone back to the carrier. The carrier credits you and they give you back the new phone and you can just continue making payments. Or mm-hmm. if you want to pay the phone off early, it's just like paying off a car. You know, if, if you don't want your car anymore and you don't want to pay on it, then the bank takes it, right? Sure. But if you pay the bank off early, the car is yours. Same thing with the phones. So you could get the phone. You don't have to go drop $700, blah, on the table and go, "Hey, give me the phone. You can, and you're not obligated to, you know, just for anything except for paying your your regular plan, which is kind of sort of the cheapest option. Uh-huh. Um, but if you want to upgrade the phone and, and just um, pay an extra 20, 25, 30 bucks a month on top of your, your phone plan, then you can get a new phone. Well, that's not so bad. <laughs> that's my story. I know. I just say that many times.
0: That was, that was, that was a good story. <laughs> Apparently you've told that story more than one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Try to make it as easy to understand as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you did good. The final note I have on here too, is that at the very end of the show, um we finally got a video with Johnny Ives' voice.
1: yes the the phone was meticulously designed. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That man could sell toilet paper with that voice. I mean, just uh, I, I might be able to let I mean, uh, my voice is uh, lower than usual. I mean, it's like brilliant, beautiful. The iPhone 10. (laughs) You don't sound like him. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't. There's, you cannot replicate that. I'm trying my best. I'd have to hear it like, like a part in order to do it right. But he's just, you know, all the parts. Meticulously, creative. yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. He has a voice. I mean, he has a million dollar voice. Yeah. Honestly, I, mean, I was waiting for him to say something
1: in this whole show. I'm like, Where me is that guy? too. Like that—that's
0: how awesome his voice is. It's just like the whole show. I'm like, dude, stop! What yeah. all the blabbling that's going on on the yeah. on the stage? Play a video with John, or just have Johnny Ive come out. Yeah, and, and why did have him come out? I mean, this is a guy who, like, I, I would want him to read me yeah. bedtime stories before I go to bed. Uh, so. I think
1: the conclusion I would have, Rose, the iPhone is like a Porsche 911. And I'll explain to you why. Which one? The 911. No, no. Which phone? The iPhone. Yeah. Just the iPhone in general? All that The iPhone family, right? Through the course of the years. If you look at a Porsche 911, early model to today's model, you're like, hey, okay, Porsche's a Porsche is a Porsche. You know, I don't see anything. It all looks the same. Porsche has refined that vehicle every iteration until what it is today. And it's very exciting to drive, but it's by no means like uh, a a Bugatti Chiron. Right, it's my. It's not a two million dollar car. It's like a two hundred thousand dollar car, uh, or depending on the model, it's a hundred fifty or a hundred thousand dollar car. Right, uh-huh. but the driving experience is very exciting, and that's what's cool. And and, and the technology they have, they have in the Porsche and the modifications they've done to the engine have made it very fun and very reliable. And that's where it all comes down. Is is, sure the the pictures might not have the highest megapixel, or the screen might not be four K yet. You might Apple might not have. The, the, the technical benchmarks of like a Samsung Note 9, 8, 9, whatever it is right now. I know the 7 blew up last year, so I think it went to an 8. Um, but they don't have to because the people who use the phones or use all the Apple products know that it's going to be reliable. And to them, that means they don't have to go bragging to people because every function and feature they use the phone for on a daily basis, they know it's going to be very, very good.
0: Hmm. Well, there you have it. Hmm. Did you have any last thoughts? That was my last thought, Rush. I said oh. conclusion. Well, I thought you were just trying to conclude from the uh, Johnny Ive portion. No, that's about it, really. <clears throat> Did you have anything about the uh, droid you'd like to talk about? Uh,
1: the thing with the droids is... Um, Like I said, they're just, they're, they're very, very technical phones. And so it's hard to kind of compare them because the user experience with the droid is totally different than the user experience with the Apple, where if you compare them on paper, the Droid's going to win every single time, every single time. Um, it's more customizable. Uh, there's the, the screens are better. Um, the features come out faster. Um, The Google library is bigger than the iTunes library. Uh, And depending on the phone, you know, the sound is always going to be better. Like the HTC M9, uh, or excuse me, M10 phone. I mean, the sound on that one is the best. It's got 24-bit digital audio converters inside of it. I mean, that's the phone uh, for entertainment. Um, LG has the screen. Samsung kind of has both. I mean, they don't even have the sound quite yet, but a lot of people are familiar with Samsung, and so they run out to buy the Samsung phone. They make a decent phone. And they make some decent parts. Apple uses a lot of their parts and their phones, were crying out loud. Um, but the user experience, um, the longevity with it, uh, all comes down to the iPhone. And that's why people love their phone. I, I, I've spoken to a lot of folks who enjoy their Google phones mm-hmm. and they like to talk about certain features of their Google Android phones but no one really loves their phone. And I've talked to many Apple folks who just love their phone. There's people who still have the 4S who don't want to give up their 4S and they can't even upgrade their software anymore, Uh but they won't give that phone up. I mean, you have an older phone. I have an older phone. A lot of folks we know have an older phone and they're perfectly happy with just keeping that one. But they know that their next phone will be an Apple because of their very positive
0: user experience. Mm -hmm. That's true. And especially when it comes to this type of industry... It's just it, the, the whole um, pirates of Silicon Valley just hold true in the sense that these companies are always just stealing ideas from each yeah. other back and forth, copying what they're doing. Uh, and, and just I think we're reaching a point where both phones are just so similar in terms of what they offer. Really, it boils down to which iOS you prefer. Yeah.
1: Um, I think what Apple does, though, is um, they're very cautious. Yeah. With their features. Um, well, they're always the last to the party. They're last to the party, but at the same time, when they bring out a feature, it's very, very refined and polished and there's no, there's no, uh, problems with it. Absolutely. And I know that, um, like Samsung had some issues with, with their new phones. Uh, I mean, try getting, getting on a plane and signing in. And that thing pops up saying, if you own a Samsung note seven, I mean, don't even get out. You have to leave your phone here. You know, people just don't trust it. Yeah. Um, granted that was one phone. They've improved it since then. There's been no problems, but, um, touch ID was a problem on the, some of the early model sure. Samsung phones. I mean, a lot of people just gave up and said, okay, I mean, it does it. It's cool. But I'd rather just use, um, the regular code. Yeah. Um, same thing with like the wireless charging at first, the wireless charging was like, eh, so, so it kind of works. Sometimes they had problems. Sometimes the phone overheated, didn't blow up, but I mean, it got really, really hot. Um, <laughs> they didn't have a problem with blowing up phones though. Yeah. That's I remember that. Um, I mean, I've, <coughs> I've had a lot of folks with their galaxy S three, four, five, six, seven, uh, come in and go, you know, I just dropped my phone accidentally on carpet. And now my phone gets really, really hot while I'm using it. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard this so many times. Or even plugging in the power cord. There's a little cuff that basically connects the metal of the the cable, the Mm -hmm. charge cable. And it, it just gets loose. And you have to make sure that it doesn't move in order for your phone to charge. That has happened with my LG. That's happened with my HTC. My the eight and the nine. Oh yeah. the um, LG G3 and my G4. Um, that happened with um, my Galaxy S4 and my S5. Uh, hasn't happened to my Note 5 yet, but um, I mean, that, those are generations of phones where that problem still continues. Yeah, I've never had that problem with Apple.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the biggest things. I remember before I made the uh, transition over to the iPhone, I would always have that kind of response where <clears throat> um, I'd have like an HTC, for example. And I really liked the phone for the time. And I remember it was capable of, I think this was back in 2006 or 2007, somewhere around there. I think it was 2007. And I remember it was able to take about 30 seconds worth of video at 15 frames per second or something. And I remember when Apple had come out with their iPhone and they were talking about the the video capabilities that were available. I remember kind of scoffing at it, thinking, well, yeah, I already have that. But once I actually got to to test out one of the iPhones itself, I realized that same exact thing you talked about, which was just, wow, this is much more well thought out. This is refined and it just, it's stable. It works really well. And so I think Apple has uh, placed itself into a a pretty envious position, which is that it can just sit back and let the other folks uh, be Really forced into being first to market with these new types of technologies just because um, that will allow them to sell units. And then, meanwhile, Apple can continue to refine their particular approach to that particular um, feature just so when it is finally released, people go, wow, this is, this is ideal. This is something that that we want to have. And so, yeah, it it is kind of funny because, um, even to this day, there are folks who are droid users, for instance, who will watch the conference and, and they'll, uh, kind of poo-poo or scoff at oh, they some do. of the things we're like oh yeah which i mean i can't blame them just because the fact that apple has always had this hoity-toity kind of true mentality where like they just feel like they're just like the 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 best and the brightest and all this kind of stuff and just uh, yeah
1: <laughs> oh what well, i have
0: to say though man some of the droid users are
1: haters on apple yeah. oh my gosh yeah I mean, they look for
0: anything that I like over criticize. I see it on a daily basis. Well, and it's interesting too how um, similar it is to the gaming world. It actually it reminds me of how how emotionally attached gamers are to their systems. Whether you know you was back in the heyday of like sixteen bit, where it was Sega Genesis versus Super Nintendo, or Xbox versus the PlayStation, or whatever it is. Like you have folks who just have have built this entire. Um, emotional experience around this product. and As a result, they are just rabidly loyal to that particular product. And I think the phone, the, the cellular phone, the mobile phone, is one of the few other examples of that where you have fierce competition from companies trying to produce the best product. But really and you know, before the mobile phone market was established, it was really exclusive to just the gaming world. You had that. I mean, like, I guess like something that would be kind of like a distant cousin to it would be football, yeah. you know, your favorite football team you'd be rooting for or whatever, or baseball team, you know, sports would probably be kind of like a, kind of a distant cousin when it comes to that sort of comparison. But yeah, man, people love their phones and, and they're all about it. And you do have uh turncoats that will, uh, Go to iPhone and turn coats so that will leave iPhone and go over to Droids. So it's it's never a dull moment. That's for sure.
1: I wish they would come out with uh, a couple of different features. I want them to have solar cells in the glass, so the phone
0: it doesn't have to be on a pad or doesn't have to be plugged in to charge. That would be, if they, if they could figure something like that out where you could just like leave your phone out in the sun or something like that and let it charge or, or just, you know, leave it out. I mean,
1: it could be while you're using the phone playing freaking Pokemon Go. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that, that would be a huge game changer because at that point you would effectively, first of all, you'd be reducing your bill, your monthly bill for your um, electrics. It you know would, be, would be cool too is if they fully got rid of the, the lightning port
1: or even kind of plug in on the bottom. And instead, they replaced it with one of the magnet chargers they have on the computers. Because one of the reasons why they can't get the water, or the water, the water waterproof, man, that's hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons why they can't make the phone waterproof is um, is because they have the holes in the phone, yeah. right? Because water gets in there and gets in the circuitry, right? Yeah. And they can only do that for so long. Starting to eliminate the holes in the phone, and granted, they can't do everything because you have to hear from the phone and the, the phone makes noises. Um, but if they can eliminate one of the ports and just use one of the, like the, the magnet plugs, that's for the computer, they just need metal to metal to touch. And that sends a signal. If they can keep all the audio quality and the charging ability with just a magnet plug click like that, uh-huh. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I mean, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds in a way where you have to keep something plugged in or have to risk, uh, breaking the, the tip of the cable and going out to buy a new cable. It's just a, it's just a magnet. Yeah. On there. That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. It's been a very rousing discussion here. I really have enjoyed listening to your input regarding the conference, Steve, as well as listening to myself. (laughs) I also want holographic caller ID. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I was going to wrap it up, but yeah, really quick. It would be so cool to be able to like, yeah. You want to talk about revolutionary? Like I know I've, I've been talking about how this was an evolutionary uh, conference. And really, I think if I were to grade Apple's conference, I would give it uh, a B. I think that's what I give it. What would you give? What, what, C. Oh. You give it a C? This is so-so. Just average? Average. Um, I would give it about a, a B, maybe a B minus, somewhere around there. But um i tell you what, though, revolutionary would would be if they can figure out a way to get like Iron Man style, you know, user interface where you tap a button. All of a sudden it is like absolute holographic imagery on there in some way, shape or form. Yeah, that would be sweet. Anyway, we are out of time. We want to thank you all for joining us. We would definitely want to see you come back next time. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at joygasmTV and Facebook.com slash joygasmTV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can also listen to our podcast on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash joygasmTV or search joygasmTV on YouTube and Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. Until next time, happy gaming, folks. See y'all.